Spins off a sandwich down towards the goal. Barbashev scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Harley down through the circle. He's going to again. To the right of shot. Oh, and a stop by Hill with the glove. Robertson at the right dot. The lefty tried to go top right corner. Hill flashes his mitt for the big save. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Sticks down, drop the puck. Hour number two, VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Friday. The Golden Knights, the Florida Panthers, Game 4, Stanley Cup Final goes tomorrow. I'm going to be hanging out, born and raised North Las Vegas. So you're going to want to come say hello, hang out, watch the game if you are not doing anything else. It's going to be fun. It's going to be an atmosphere. It's going to be a party. And I think for the Golden Knights, they're looking to rebound after they played a really solid game number three, but just didn't get the result they were looking for. We bring in Darren Millar. Darren from Sunrise. You're on line one. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's, uh, the sun is just setting here in uh, in Fort Lauderdale as we wrap up the off day between games three and four and get back at it. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights had a, 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 an off day as far as skating, did not practice, had a stretch at the team hotel. And uh, Bruce Cassidy said they weren't doing any video, nothing. It was a day to get away from the game. Uh, they're two months into this thing. A uh, chance to just uh, try to get to arm's length and then come back with enthusiasm tomorrow and an opportunity to put uh, a stranglehold on this series. So I, I like the, the approach. Just let the guys escape for a day. And it's so nice uh, from a, a different standpoint from Vegas. We love Vegas. But uh, but this, you're right in the beach and an opportunity to go for a big walk. And uh, Chapman doesn't like the humidity, but, uh, but it is... Uh, it is uh, a different feeling around here. So uh, they, they absorbed, soaked up some of that uh, today before they get back at it with a full morning skate tomorrow uh, at the rink and uh, get ready for this, uh, this face-off. So, like, are you expecting anything different from Vegas going into Game 4? Because, I mean, we talked about it with John Shannon uh, in hour number one. We looked at the Golden Knights game last night. We thought it was good. I, I thought it was good. I, th- I certainly think it was good enough to win. Um, but are, are you expecting anything that, that, you're, that you're looking at, maybe from an X and O's perspective or a lineup perspective for the Golden Knights going into Game 4? Yeah, I'd, unless there's something uh, from a health standpoint, mm-hmm. I don't anticipate any changes. Uh, for the for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, I would think that they would just like to be a little more crisper offensively. Uh, and there were some good things that that they did, uh, certainly with the, with power play, and uh, they had some opportunities. It's funny how uh, this has been a weird playoff with with the power play. Uh, remember the game against Edmonton mm-hmm. in game number five, in which uh, they had to battle through some special teams challenges, and they got a, a power play goal where the power play uh, had been snuffed out for majority of that game, and they uh, got some great production and rave reviews of the penalty kill, and it allowed a couple of goals in that game. Uh, it, it, it went against the grain, and, and last night they scored two power play goals for the third straight game for the first time in this playoffs. Uh, their best role ever uh, on the power play in the 2023 playoffs, and people were talking about a missed opportunity uh, to put the game away in the series, uh, really in a in a real lopsided situation uh, with a power play that, that, that spilled over to, to much of overtime. So uh, if you're a first-time follower uh, of 
hockey and the National Hockey League, it doesn't always go this way. There aren't always these mixed messages. But if you were, <laughs> if this was a conversation and you were trying to uh, get your point across to me, Ryan, I would be like, I would have trouble understanding you because yeah. the messages are, are, are so uh, mixed uh, coming across this way. But I, I think Vegas will be – I don't expect – Florida to have as many opportunities in the power play. That was really uh, different. Now, the refereeing was fair, and I think all the penalties, except for maybe the last one, uh, were, were exactly that. I'm not sure that Florida can be that disciplined again, which I think uh, could uh, could spill uh, in favor of, of the Golden Knights. And I would expect, quite honestly, for a little more assertiveness from, from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Florida was good to okay they weren't fantastic they weren't blitzing in the first period and i think some of that was because they were trying to hold back because of where the lack of discipline had been in in the first two games Uh, on the contrary i think vegas was expecting and i'm putting words in their mouth Mm -hmm. but this is what i was expecting uh i don't mean to speak on behalf of players but i was expecting more out of florida early on when that didn't happen, uh, Vegas looked around and went, "Okay, let's just take the game," and and they did. They can they controlled the game for the most part. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if what we saw against um, Winnipeg in in Game Five of that series, mm-hmm. uh, what we saw against Dallas in Game Six of that series, which were really uh, emphatic starts and made those games. Uh, the result, uh, academic uh, in the early going, it's got that feeling, and I don't say that very often. I'm always the one that uh, that says you're you're not going to be you're going to have to grind through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to have one of those uh, those uh, relaxed and comfortable wins. It's kind of got the feeling where Vegas looks around and went, okay, that was what they had, and they're trying to really play a controlled game. They might be vulnerable. I wouldn't be surprised to see Vegas. Uh, uh, just uh, impart their will on, on Florida in the first period tomorrow night. I'm inclined to think in the same way because I, I think for the Golden Knights, and, and you you touched on it, that it, it wasn't as desperate and a start to the game. It wasn't as strong of a push from the Florida Panthers. It wasn't really exactly what I was expecting to see out of Florida. I thought they were going to come in. I thought they were going to push the pedal to the floor, and I thought that they were going to be more physical, and they just weren't that um, and, and to a degree, I think for the Golden Knights, if, if that's kind of the, the area or the way that you're expecting Florida to approach the game, because that's how they believe they can win. If I'm the Golden Knights, I'm looking to jump on Florida in the first five or 10 minutes. Like I'm trying to make a statement. I'm trying to push the pace and I'm trying to see if you can rattle that team in that building. That was not a typical Stanley Cup playoff performance from a intensity standpoint. It, it just, it was lacking it. Uh, uh, I was driving, uh, riding down the elevator last night, and Ashley Weiss and I were talking to a couple of people, and uh, the statement was made, is this February or is this June? <laughs> because it, just, it, it was lacking it. And I understand that from, from Florida. I mm-hmm. totally do. They had to pull back significantly from where they were in games one and two, because if you continue to play like that, uh, the, the standard was set, the officials uh, had made their point, 
that they were not going to tolerate all these shenanigans and the kerfuffles and the uh, chirping, and you were either going to run low on the bench like they did in in game number two, or you're going to give up a whole bunch of power plays, uh, which which they did in in the opener. And I I understand how that that approach had to be taken. Uh, And Vegas, there, there didn't need to be any real assertiveness in that game uh, or a real uh, situation where you had to buckle down and then dial up the intensity because you're already up to nothing and and you you don't you don't have to to, to push it so uh, I, I I think that uh, that Vegas will come with uh, with a much more assertive performance uh, to, tomorrow night and I, I think of a few players uh, will carry it uh, took a couple penalties last mm-hmm. night um, and and almost got called for for a fourth. Uh, I think you'll see a better performance, a more assertive performance uh, uh, out of him. Uh, and I think you you'll see a, a raising of the level of performance uh, from from Jack. By the way, Jack Eichel has been outstanding. Yeah. I know Marshall scored again, but it came off a feed from from Jack. And uh, we keep waiting for the separation in this uh, playoff MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. And I. I I, were you more impressed with a marvelous shot by Marcheseau being able to throw that home short side, uh, uh, perfect shot on uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, or that pass that thread the needle uh, right through a maze of skates and, and got through? So um, uh, I, there, there's a, a lot to like, and uh, and sometimes you can spin that into something that you want to believe. Uh, off of performance by grasping at a couple of different plays, mm-hmm. but uh, but I was so impressed with what little Florida was granted in in grade A looks. There was a, there was a great play, I want to say in the uh, in the second period, and Chandler Stevenson got over and deflected the puck away. Like those kind of things, even mm-hmm. when they gave up good looks, yeah. Uh, there, there was defensive plays uh, being being made along that line. Yeah, to to go back to your question, I I was, I, I mean, John of the March, so what he's doing is fantastic, and you're talking 13 goals in 13 games. He, he just continues to get it done. He continues to put the puck in the back of the net. But as we've seen over the course of the last 13 games or so, it's usually Jack Eichel making the play, yeah. right? It's usually in this series Jack- alone, 100. Mm-hmm, yeah. percent and that pass that Jack was able to make, the fact that he was a, like the, the 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 way the play starts, he kind of stumbles up at, uh, up around the blue line, then he gets going downhill, draws everybody to him, and then it's just an absolute dime of a pass. It was phenomenal. Um, I'm more impressed by the pass. Obviously, the pass becomes impressive because John of the Marshes was able to put it in the back of the net. But that play from Jack Eichel's all world. You know, if it does go down, and we'll have more of an idea of this conversation uh, when we get closer to an elimination game, a uh, little bit premature still, mm-hmm. uh, given that Florida was able to climb back into the series and cut the deficit in half. But if it truly does come down to those two players, and looks like they've separated themselves, would you agree with that? I would uh, agree, the rest yeah. Of the pack? yeah. Okay, so if it truly does come down to either a Marcheseau or a Nickel, it may not be performance, Ryan mm. or Chappie. It it may be which story do you like more? Does the person casting the ballot resonate more with? Is it Jack Eichel in his first ever postseason 
uh, coming off uh, the next surgery and the challenges from Buffalo and putting that in his past? Or is it Jonathan Marshall who had to fight and claw to get to the National Hockey League and was part of that amazing misfit story in year number one uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights making the final and uh, culminating and crowning his a career moment uh, by bringing uh, a championship uh, to the to the city of, of Las Vegas and, and the Vegas Gold Knights. Those are both really compelling stories, and it may be more about which story the voter likes more than which player has necessarily produced the best performance uh, throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. It feels like that's probably the direction it goes, again, if it comes down to those two guys and if they continue to do what they're doing, right? Because I don't know that there's going to be anything that you know, either Marcheseau or Eichel is going to do individually that they're not both going to be in on. And that's yeah. really what it's been. It's that line's been so productive. And, you know, you talk about Ivan Barbashev and his impact and what he's been able to do, the physicality, getting to the front of the net. It's all there. It's a complete line. It's a fantastic line. But the the connection right now between Jack Eichel and John and the Marcheseau is on a different level. And those two continue to produce every single night for the Golden Knights. The the one area of Vegas where they're not pleased with is just the opportunity that slipped by them last night. Yeah, uh, I don't think that Florida and their performance was up to the intensity or desperation level that it required. Uh, they got some breaks. They were able to finish uh, in a couple of situations, and Vegas didn't. But I think if we're all looking at it equally... That was a pretty fortunate result uh, for the for the Florida Panthers uh, and Vegas. While they're happy with the way they played and uh, some of the uh, limitations that they uh, put on the Florida Panthers and physically challenging uh, Matthew Kachuk and and potentially uh, making him uncomfortable going forward with any type of uh, of injury uh, being forced to leave the game, uh, I think Vegas is going to look back at that last night and just say we we they was there mm-hmm. we we could have put this series in our hands up three nothing in the Stanley Cup final nobody comes back from from that kind of deficit and uh they they could have made it less stressful or uh not tempted fate by giving uh Florida any type of confidence so if there's any type of uh uh just regret uh, about last night, it's that that they were one shot away from putting that uh, from a, from capitalizing on a really good performance. It wasn't a dominating performance, but it was a good performance. Uh, they were one shot away from putting that thing away last night, and they didn't. And I think they'll be uh, they're they're probably upset with themselves right now uh, that they they weren't able to do that, and they'll try to make amends for that. Yeah, I think the only. The only thing you're frustrated by is the fact that you weren't able to close it out. And, you know, there were opportunities, certainly, for the Golden Knights to extend the lead, certainly in the second period, of course, in the third period. And I think, you know, that kind of leads into what we were talking about in that the Golden Knights didn't really give up very much. And, in fact, had phenomenal opportunities, great chances. Going back the other way, there were odd man rushes. There were really good looks for the Golden Knights in tight. And, you know, that's why I look at that game and and I ask myself, if you play that over again, I think it goes for the Vegas Golden Knights because 
their chance generation was just better all night long than the Florida Panthers. And, and five on five, they didn't get to spend as much time playing at even strength because yeah. they took too many minor penalties. Uh, and that was uh, that's also an area where there were so many uh, power play granted in that game, uh, flew off, uh, threw off some of the rhythm mm-hmm. uh, of the, of the game. Uh, had to have because there there wasn't any uh, five on threes in the game. It was either you were on the full two minutes or Vegas scored a couple, or or they were on the, for the for the full two minutes or most of it. So the uh, the, the the flow factor was uh, was disrupted, uh, and th- and this is a veteran team. I I've been so impressed when they they have been pushed. Uh, best game in the Winnipeg series, game five, elimination game, locked it down. Uh, five and six against Edmonton were really good and got better as that series went along. Uh, game six was the best game of the playoffs, maybe the best game of the year against the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Castle and I talked about that in the Chair Podcast last week. Where where you really have to go through the the eighty two game regular season to find a more complete game uh, than that with the the first period lead and then uh, not giving up much uh, defensively. So uh, when they've been pushed, they've responded. Uh, I like their chances. I don't necessarily think they were pushed pushed last night, but it was a better performance by Florida. Can they uh, gather themselves and remain disciplined? For a long stretch uh, of time, um, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. And again, keep an eye on Matthew Kachuk, and we'll see uh, how. I'm sure there'll be uh, all kinds of treatment uh, that he went through uh, today, and uh, getting him ready tomorrow. I'll be uh, I'll watch and see if he uh, how much he skates in the in the morning skate tomorrow as well, and uh, and see where he's at uh, from from a health perspective. Uh, I think uh, there's a level. To go for for Reinhardt in this series, we haven't mm-hmm. seen the best of him. Uh, Sam Bennett, I think, uh, has certainly hasn't been as impactful uh, physically in this series and, and on the scoreboard. Brandon Montour scores, but uh, but they've uh, they've had some trouble uh, matching the speed on the back end uh, of the Florida Panthers. So uh, I don't. We haven't seen the best from Vegas in this series. It's been spurts. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether we haven't seen the best of Florida because of the dialed-in defensive game that Vegas has offered up. You know, and you mentioned quite a few players there for the Florida Panthers, but, I mean, Sasha Barkov, right, has to be better. Yeah. He he showed me glimpses, though. Yeah. Boy, boy, he's... uh, I I can't get enough of watching him. Uh, He doesn't do anything sizzling, but he is... uh, He's Andy Kopitar. And every bit, Angie Kopitar. And I just, I appreciate uh, uh, Sasha Barkov's game so, so, so much. And uh, and there's a player for sure that that leaves some on the table mm-hmm. because he just he's just so re- responsible uh, with with his overall game. You you can't be a hockey fan and not just fall in love with that guy's overall game. Overall game, absolutely. Skill set is phenomenal. I just I look at it from from this perspective. If the Florida Panthers are going to really push this series, I, I think that you're going to need more production out of Barkov. That that's kind of where I, I I land on it. I know all of the things that he can do and and how much he impacts the game, but you know you're going to need more than just Matthew Kachuk scoring goals. You're going to need more than just you know a, a goal here or there from Brandon Montour or you know something from Carter Verhage. You're going to need Barkov to to be a key contributor offensively. 
but how do you get more out of their game that they've they've served up? How do you get that when you're not getting the chances? Because Vegas has been getting better and better and better at, at stopping you and limiting your opportunity. So uh, I agree. They they need all those guys to to be producing. I just don't know how you produce if you're not necessarily getting the the, the great looks or the good looks uh, throughout a game because of what Vegas has has done uh, in in limiting those chances. So that's that's the real real challenge. It's I think the 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 biggest hindrance right now is that age old. Uh, statement that, that a player will make, a forward especially. Uh, I, I haven't scored in a while, but I'm, I'm getting some good looks. Mm-hmm. And the coaches are telling me we're, we're happy with the game because you're getting chances. I wouldn't say that Florida is necessarily getting a lot of chances because uh, of, of what Vegas uh, has done with with their, uh, their approach and the four lines and the depth that they have going. So what about the the area I'd look at if I'm Florida, if I'm Paul Maurice, if I'm Alexander Barkov, be the power play, right? Like, and, yeah. and even then, like the Golden Knights are doing such a good job on the penalty kill, not giving much. And but it's not like game game uh, two. Uh, I thought Aiden Hill was spectacular in a late power play in the first period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was outstanding. And that was the best power play that I've seen from from Florida in the series was that one near the end of the the, the first period in in game number two, and then Vegas scored two more in the in the, in the second and rolled to, to the victory there a four nothing going to the third period. Last night there was there was a couple of saves that that Hill had to be good on, but uh, the the passive penalty kill has really thrown Florida for a, for a bit of a loop. Mm-hmm. Carolina plays a man-to-man. They are all over you. And we're just going back a series sure. uh, that uh, that Florida played. Uh, it's it's high pressure. It's uh, and, and uh, we've seen Vegas play um, a more pressure uh, PK in the past. It's it's different uh, under under Bruce Cassidy. He loves controlling the middle ice. He'll give you opportunities out uh, on the outside. Uh, and and uh, if you want to throw the pucks to that, but they they collapse the defense play close to the crease. And they try and clear the pucks. Uh, the the Matthew Kachuk tying goal is a puck that they would like to be cleared. Uh, the way that we they would like that to be played, just slightly different. Six on five, so it's a it's a challenge. But they they uh, under their system uh, need that that puck to be cleared. Uh, it's it's puzzled Florida because it's almost like they've got more time than they've been used to. And they don't know what to do with it, sure. and it's it's frustrated them, and it's knocked them off their rhythm. So then, when we when we look at game number four, and and you know, we asked John Shannon earlier what he was expecting going into game four. You've alluded to it. You think that it's going to be one of those situations where the Golden Knights take the play to the Florida Panthers. We're, we know you've got some things going on, so we're going to wrap this up here shortly, but. What what are your expectations for the Golden Knights going into Game Four? It's it's certainly a big game in this series. What are you thinking we see from the Golden Knights tomorrow night? I think you'll you'll witness a very business approach from them, and that's what I get from the players uh, that I've uh, been able to talk to in and around the rink. Uh, they're having fun. They're enjoying this this ride, but this is very much uh, a business uh, trip to 
not uh, ride the wave, not uh, make yourself part of history, but to just win the thing. Mm-hmm. They just want to win and and uh, lock it down. And they want to do it with uh, consistency. They want to do it with depth. And they want to do it with uh, with execution. And uh, all the other noise and uh, historic uh, innuendos don't matter at all. And uh, that's the part that uh, that has impressed me. It's almost got the feel of a team that's won before, hmm. and it's just back, and they're trying to add to their to their trophy case. This organization hasn't won. This group hasn't won together uh, before, but it's got that same type of feel that I've felt from from clubs that have been to the dance and executed and and are back and and are trying to do it again. It's it's got that same absolute. Uh, we we know what to do. Uh, we've done it before, uh, so let's just go out and take care of business, and 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 uh, then we'll enjoy the the fruits of our labor after. Uh, there's there's not a lot of distraction and excitement and all that around the. It's fun, but there's not a lot of the extra stuff that uh, that you get with teams that are on the uh, precipice two wins away from from a championship. So kind of like you today at the track. Yeah, uh, I was I was a little more excited when I won my first <laughs> big one. And again, uh, I came up and I was two dollars short. Yeah. I lost I was minus two. But at Gulfstream, uh with, with all those people, I was easily the most successful person in our group and uh I let everybody know about it. So I'm in the antithesis of what Vegas is doing. I know that doesn't surprise you that I would be waving my winning tickets yep. in uh in front of Lawless and Nighty and Gosher and Ashley. Uh I was I was very proud of that moment. Uh we don't want that from the Vegas Golden Knights, we want more like we've been there and done it a thousand times. Well, yeah, but you want the wins, right? Like you yeah, won. You, well done. Good yeah. job. Yeah. I just, you don't need to rub it in people's faces like I did today. <laughs> Come on. Have they met you? Yeah, I know. I know. That's me. <laughs> That's totally me. All right. Get out of here. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk on Monday. All right, buddy. Be good boys. See you. That is Darren Millard. Darren from sunrise joining us on the VGK insider show. You'll hear from Bruce Cassidy next. One-timers coming up on the VGK Insider Show. Carlson left corner. Centered. One-timer. Score! It's time for One-timers. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. One-timers. News and notes from around the NHL. The Blue Jackets continue... To make splashes in the offseason via trade, they land another defenseman. The Devils traded Damon Severson to the Columbus Blue Jackets today for a 2023rd third-round pick. It was part of a sign-and-trade. Severson signed an 8 by $6.25 million extension and then was subsequently traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. This, of course, comes just a couple of days after Columbus had a three-team trade with L.A. and Philadelphia to acquire Ivan Provorov. So when you look at kind of the offseason right now for Yarmo Kekalainen and the Columbus Blue Jackets, it's very much predicated on let's get better now. Let's be better Next season, let's let's not worry about trying to rebuild. You've got Johnny Gaudreau, arguably in his prime. You've got Patrick Laine, who can score goals. All he's got to do now is stay healthy. The all-in approach from Columbus, I think, is a is a smart one. It's a good one, but you've got to put it all together. And with the expectation that Mike Babcock is going to be the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets July first, 
I think this makes a lot of sense. We know that Mike likes Ivan Provorov. That that's no real secret in the National Hockey League. But now you've got a puck-moving defenseman in David C- Damon Severson. Seven goals, 33 points in 81 games for the Devils last year. He'll make mistakes. That'll happen just by virtue of the fact that he is a puck mover, that he's trying to make some things happen offensively. But I think you can live with that when you start to factor in what the Columbus Blue Jackets have. You've got Zach Wierenski, who can move the puck, and he's a fantastic defenseman. And then, of course, you add Ivan Provorov, who's a pain in the butt to play against. He's going to be a stay-at-home guy. He's going to make life difficult on the opposition. So uh, it's certainly a situation where you are giving the Columbus Blue Jackets, their fans, Mike Babcock, really good pieces to work with going into next year. So I like the moves. I like being aggressive. And it didn't really cost that much. Now, you might look at the contract, 8 by 6.25 for a 28-year-old defenseman, soon to be 29-year-old defenseman. Um, there's an argument to be to be made there, absolutely, that, that it's going to be a, a contract that at, you know, maybe year five, year six, year seven, there's regret. But I, I don't know that you worry about that right now. If you're Columbus, you're just trying to get back in the playoff hunt. You're trying to maximize the years that you've got Johnny Gaudreau. So in that regard, I like this decision from Yarmo Kekalainen. Golden Knights fans, not going to be happy with me, but Carter Verhage's overtime winner last night made some history. Verhage is the only player, let me, let me stop and say that again, the only player in NHL history to score multiple overtime goals in consecutive postseasons two years in a row multiple overtime goals and he's one of three three to have two in multiple playoff years at any point in his career the other two joe sakic 1996 2004 esa tikkanen 1991 and 1997 verhage is clutch so for the golden knights you don't want to get into an overtime situation where you lose carter verhage Speaking of Vegas, we'll bring in Bruce Cassidy, his media availability from earlier today in which he talked about last night's loss and what he's looking forward to in game number four. You talked a little bit about the penalty kill last night, but wanted to get your thoughts on the power play this round and what you're uh, getting more out of perhaps than uh, in in the first three rounds on the power play. Yeah, I mean... Our power play this year has been a challenge for us. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to implement some some different things from previous years, so that took a while. And then, you know, Mark Stone's a big part of that. He missed half the year, so you're working around that, Jack. That's not excuses, but you know, you're starting different things and for different people's strengths. So we've kind of settled here in on Marcia so being on his strong side elbow as opposed to the one timer, which he's played a lot with the second group a lot of the year. And we're, Puck seems to be finding him better, and we're having him jack like the second goal rotate, not maybe design a side for them. So that's helped our movement. I think we understand Florida's how they're trying to kill their D. Do get away from the front of that, add a little more of a diamond coverage so you can get interior, and that's was the stone goal. Even though it was four on three, we find we can get into that those pockets as well. So and it comes down to execution and finishing some plays, right? So we're on a bit of a roll that way. You're not going to get six goals in three games very often on the power play. We understand that. I don't think one was an empty netter, but in general, a couple of them were gar- one was garbage time the other night. But we've tried to be more efficient on it, knowing that we're going to get opportunities. One thing Florida has has done is is has, has taken minor penalties throughout the whole playoffs. It's not just us. That's a little, they play a physical game, so we have to make sure we 
we were ready for it. So I think we're a little more maybe prepared than um, previous series. Uh, you know, you're always trying to be good in special teams, but we knew we would have some, and it was very important for us to get it going because it's been kind of a little inconsistent throughout the playoffs. Right side, fourth row. Hey, Bruce, Gary Lawless, Vegas Golden Knights. In each series, you've been able to grow your game, and finally, you know, like game five versus Winnipeg, and in particular game six versus Edmonton and then Dallas, you've gotten to a real great level of execution. Are you building towards that in this series? Like, Do you think you still have another gear to give in, in terms of your game? Yeah, we're building towards it. We liked our game last night. Didn't work out for us. I mean, it could have went either way. We're right there till the end. I thought we played um, smart shutdown hockey in the th in the third period and tried to extend the lead. That's what we try to do when we have the lead. We don't want to go into a shell. Uh, discipline, uh, take care of the puck, attack when you can. We did. We didn't finish some plays, um, and they did with the goalie out. So give them credit. And over time, like I said, their first shot went in. So it, you know, I, I thought we were playing the right way. Had an opportunity in the power play and didn't get it done. So. But if you go back to the previous year, I'd go to Edmonton game five and six. I thought we were good late. Uh, Winnipeg, obviously, we grew. Dallas, we had some good games at the start that could have went either way, but games three and six were obviously good for us. And the games in between weren't bad. We just didn't win them. Um, and I think we've progressively got better. I think game two here, pucks did go in. Yesterday, we had some similar opportunities that didn't go in. So it's going to happen. You're playing against a really good goaltender. A good hockey team, so that's a little bit of how it goes. So we're not going to be uh, beat ourselves up over yesterday's game. We're going to do what we always done. We're going to look at where we can get better and um, keep growing our game, and hopefully be better in game four. And you know, this is the time of year you have to be better each game. You know, and and we've seen it now, right? So is Florida probably what their best game looks like, and or close to it. We'd still like to think we do have another gear and get, but you know, we saw it in Dallas a little bit, somewhat in Edmonton. So I think our guys are familiar with it and that's what's made us uh, successful. I think we can get back to it quickly because we've seen what it looks like and that's going to be the challenge for us on game four. Right side, front row. Steve Wano, Associated Press. Following up on Gary's question, just how do you balance the, the knowing how well you guys have played through three games and, and kind of the confidence of that with maybe maybe needing to make an adjustment or two here along the way? Well, the guys, you know, we have a mutual respect, coaching staff versus experienced team. And, you know, I think they'll have an idea that we'll come in with an idea or two. Let's talk about it and see how we can implement it and not get away from our game. I mean, when you get this far, neither team wants to stray too far from what they've done because they've both been successful. And we, we certainly feel the first three games has been more, way more good than bad. So I don't think it'll be a tough sell at all. The guys know what's at stake. And so it'll be predominantly what we've been doing, 90% of okay, how we want to play. First period execution yesterday wasn't as good as it's been. And some of that might be coming across country. I, you know, and um, some of that might be their pressure playing a home game you know for the first time in the finals where we, we have to deal with some of the you know some of the those intangibles so then then you get to your game so our guys will be fine with with that when we're not going to change a lot we don't need to um, but obviously when you know every game win or lose we're still looking at a few things that we can do better and their top line got you know we're on all over the score sheet so that's the first area we'll look at um, but Broski making big saves, I mean, we just got to keep shooting, right? There's not a whole lot you can change there. The one thing we did better, I think, was get traffic in front of them um, in the previous game. So we'll, we'll revisit that as well. Left side, front row. Ben Goetz, Las Vegas Street Journal. <coughs> Bruce, you just touched on their top line kind of being all over the score sheet against 
what needs to change next game against the Kachuk line? Well, we, in the first goal, we got a little aggressive on the wall. We know that Kachuk likes to bring people to you and get the puck into the middle of the ice. So there was that to me is a simple fix. It's we got away from our D zone coverage in that one, and Montour's coming down the gut, right? So we've done a good job keep you know keeping those shots to the outside and not over pursuing. We had a player in position to take care of Kachuk, and we doubled, and it, you know it didn't work out. The, the the six on five, we just got to be closer to the front of the net. It's the third goal we've given up in the playoffs, you know, in that situation. So we just Again, a mistake that we made that will reinforce about staying home. Um, the overtime goal, I mean, we had numbers back. Uh, it's a shot that found its way in. It's a shot we give up a lot. So that, that one I'm not going to overanalyze. And they make a play and they win. Um, so that, that's a little bit. Other than that, though, I don't think it was flurry after flurry or sustained pressure. So I thought we did a good job against a lot of their guys last night. but. Again, good players find ways to make plays, and sometimes you don't need a lot of chances. And I guess it was their turn to have pucks go in, and we had we had a little bit of that in the first two games. So, and uh, that's how I look at it. Left side, second row. Hi, Helene Elliott from the LA Times. Just wanted to ask you a little bit about Jonathan Quick and the luxury of having a goaltender with such credentials and such experience, and what he has brought, particularly during the playoffs. Yeah, well, the playoffs unfortunately hasn't. You know, hasn't got a start, um, but you know, Aiden Hill could better answer that question. Brassois, what he means to them in terms of the uh, support of the backup needs to give the starter, especially a guy with his experience. I, to me, he's been outstanding every time I've talked to him, and, and in practice, he's the hard, if he's not the hardest working guy, he's close. He wants to stay on top of his game in case he does get an opportunity to get into the net. So that part's been terrific. Just his, his work ethic, leading by example. Um, you know, I hear him in the locker room uh, doing his part, get, you know, relaying experiences and supporting the team. So that's the challenge in front of him, a backup, right? You've got, to be a, you've got to be a bit of a cheerleader in, in, in that regard and a support sort of sounding board for, for the guy that's playing every night, and he's done all those things. So I can't say enough good things about him. I mean, I'll go back to the season when he helped us win games to get to the position we were in, which is win the Pacific Division. He helped us a lot. So nothing but good from Jonathan. Um, and uh, I don't see that changing. Right side up front. Uh, Nick Kotznik at NHL.com. And as much details as you're willing to give, just what's your process today? Is everybody away from the rink? Do you meet? How long? Do you want guys thinking about hockey? Do you want them getting away? Typically, from if we're going to have an off day, we want a, a sort of mental reset. Obviously, the, as I said, everyone's got a few bumps and bruises you take care of. So we're, we're not practicing today. We'll have a team meeting. Guys will stretch a little bit. Um, get the necessary assistance from the medical team, whoever needs it. We're not doing video today. We'll uh, re-attack that stuff tomorrow morning, get back into, okay, now let's focus on the details. Today's, a, like I said, a reset day. Uh, you know, basically get away from the rink a little bit. It's, it's hard to, you're in the Stanley Cup final, you're never going to completely get away from it, but, um, you know, we're not going to talk Florida Panthers today with the guys. Let's, let's save that for tomorrow. Bruce Cassidy addressing the media earlier today. Just great stuff. Always nuggets in there when Bruce speaks. Uh, a couple of things that I want to pull out before we uh, before we we close up shop here in, in, in one timers. Um, number one, we're not going to change much. We don't need to. I agree with that assessment one hundred percent. I think for the Golden Knights, through three games, they've been the better team. Now in game three. It was a little bit more even, but there really wasn't much going on in Game 3. I think for the Golden Knights, they liked the way that they played. 
last night, if they bring that same energy and they're able to maybe take the game a little bit more to the Florida Panthers, I think they'll be just fine tomorrow night. And then getting away from the rink, getting away, just kind of taking a breath, taking a, a step back. I think that that's going to be incredibly important for the Vegas Golden Knights going into game four. They're in a good spot. They're in an enviable spot, but you do not want this to come back if you can help it. You don't want it to come back tied 2-2 for Game 5 on Tuesday night. Those are your one-timers for today, Friday, June 9th. Back to wrap it up next on the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Game four, Stanley Cup final. Tomorrow night, 5 o'clock puck drop, 4 o'clock pregame show. I'm going to be hanging out for that one. Born and raised, North Las Vegas. It's Craig and North 5th. So you're going to want to get down there. You're going to want to hang out. It's a great spot, a fantastic spot to watch a game. I'm going to be there all night long getting you ready with pregame, getting you through the intermissions, and then, of course, postgame. And I'm just going to say this right now. If you've never called in to the post-game show, make sure you do so. And and it doesn't matter where you fall. It doesn't matter if you want to be critical. It doesn't matter if you want to gloat or if you're calling me on the way home from Game 4 in Sunrise, Florida. We are open to all of your opinions, so make sure you do that tomorrow. I'm expecting a much tighter game from the Vegas Golden Knights. I think they're going to be more connected, and I'm really looking forward to see how they respond in this moment. I don't think it's a ton of adversity, but I do think that they're going to play much better. Born and raised, North Las Vegas, tomorrow. Come see me. Come hang out. 4 o'clock pregame show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.